Like I found a crack pipe and then he would give me like one yes, but then he said he would stop. And then I would drug test him and I didn't realize there was something called synthetic urine. I mean, this is all stuff I had to figure out by myself. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets we probably want to go to our grave with, or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. And today, my guest is Jamie. Now, Jamie, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? My secret is that I was living with a meth addict and he was my husband and um, he hid it from me for a very long time and I had to become a sleuth and figure it out and then escape it. Wow. Okay. So many questions. Okay. Before you knew his problem and his addiction, were you even lying to yourself that something was going on? Did you have any inkling? I have a, you know, I, I partied a lot when I was younger, so I'm not a saint. And none of us are, none of us are girl. (laughs) Don't even, don't even worry about that. So I was more upset that he didn't have the, the, we didn't have trust and faith in each other that he could at least be honest with me. So I knew something was up right away and I kept approaching him and asking him and telling him that I was a safe space and he needed to at least tell me the truth and then we could help each other. And he just kept lying to me. And so he made me feel like I was crazy and that I didn't know what I was talking about and I was wrong and how dare I. And, and so it really tests a woman's intuition, which is amazing and we're right. And we just don't listen to ourselves. That you are already stating what I've been saying. A woman knows, like, you know, when something's not right. And then it's sometimes the other person, a man or a woman makes you feel like you're crazy. Right. Cause they don't want to get caught. Yeah. Or, and it's, you know, it's for his sake. I mean, it's a sickness. Mm -hmm. I mean, doing meth isn't, is, is not a small thing, but I was desperately trying to help. But then the more you tell me what I'm talking about and the more it goes down a rabbit hole and then meth leads to sex addiction, which he had and a porn addiction, which he Mm. had. And then I was pregnant with my second child and had a three-year-old as well. So on top of this feeling crazy, destroying this absolutely amazing moment that was, I was supposed to be living in, it turned into a hell for me. Yeah. And especially being pregnant, knowing all those hormones, taking care of a toddler and trying to keep your marriage together. And you're trying to just hold it together. Now, here's my question for you. How long was it going on? How long were you questioning him? 
I was questioning him from the moment I was pregnant until um, our second child was uh, about a year and a half because I just couldn't, like I found a crack pipe and then he would give me like one yes, but then he said he would stop. And then I would drug test him and I didn't realize there was something called synthetic urine. I mean, this is all stuff I had to figure out by myself. Wait, what is, okay. I don't know what (laughs) synthetic urine is. Can you explain to the listeners and me what that is? So synthetic urine is something you can use to pass a drug test that you get, you can buy apparently at like head shops. That's what I've been told. And you use it to have clean urine. And he hid his, in his pants, warmed it up in his pants and would use it to take a drug test right in front of me. Like put like a hole in it and then it like squirted it's it like out. It's, it's like a, it's like a squirt bottle. Yeah. So like imagine like, you know, like Visine or something or something like that. So yeah, it was pretty like the levels of deception where he was trying to make me feel crazy was insane. So that was really hard for me. So when you finally figured it out and he said, yes, I, that is my crack pipe and he was going to stop. Did you then keep the secret longer from other people around you? Did anybody know yes. what was going on? So this you kept to yourself. I suffered in silence for about a year and a half. And then I finally opened up to his parents because I was desperately trying to save his life because once his parents found out we were going to lose everything because they are his lifeline. And I just desperately didn't want my friends to know. So I didn't have to tell them later, oh yeah, my husband's a meth addict. And so I just punished myself basically. So you kept this secret and you were trying to save somebody, which I know, and other people probably listening know, you cannot save anyone if they don't want to be saved. So it's almost an impossible task you're putting on yourself. It was. And uh, looking back, it only hurt everybody because my kids were getting half of me. I was a shell. And I, I'm, the first time I saw it, I just should have left. And then he would have had to figure it out himself. So what was your darkest moment holding this secret? Do you remember a specific moment where you look? Yeah. For me, I'll just say like one of my darkest moments, I remember I floated out of my body and was kind of like watching mm-hmm. what was going on. Did you have any moment like that? I had two. I had one in the thick of it where I found him in the back in the garage with like a porn sex den. And um, I, he had gone missing in the middle of the night and I couldn't find him. And finally I found him and then I looked on his phone and it was just like, find your next door, fuck. And all these crazy porn sites. And then the second moment and that, that moment felt so surreal because I was pregnant. Just so, and I think porn is the worst thing in the world right now. I think it's killing our world. I think it's killing intimacy between two people. So that alone, if that was just his addiction, that's pretty bad. Well, you're choosing to do this instead of with me. I mean, my thing is always, if you want to watch porn, at least include me and let's do something together. I'm not saying Yeah, I make about intimacy or like that connection. But when you go off and hide it by yourself, there's an issue there. That to me feels like cheating. Mm, So that feels cheating to you. I've never heard anyone say that. And how, why does that feel like it's cheating to you? You're hiding something from me. You're looking actively at one specific woman on the, for him at least. And it, he were actively finding time to make time just to do, just to do this and to not be with us. Mm, Yeah. So for me, for 
I agree. That is definitely cheating. I just wanted to hear <laughs> what you were feeling, but I agree that that to me would be a betrayal almost as going out and intimately being with somebody else. Which I think he was as well, but that, so then the second thing was the second feeling that I felt was when he finally, we checked him into rehab. We had a family intervention. How did that go? It was crazy. He was just bananas. The whole, like getting him just to get him in the car took us four hours. Um, you know, but we got him in the car and he was drinking his last drink in the car and he was kicking, I was driving, he was kicking the seat, verbally abusing me, calling me names, cussing at me, dropped him off at rehab. He just says like probably the most spiteful, crazy things. But, um, and then I broke down on the way after I was crying. My body was just like releasing him. And then the next day I woke up feeling so happy, so light and so like, reborn. I felt like I died and then I was myself again. Oh, that I just like, that just hit me because letting go of someone you can't fix and a situation you can't fix that you've been holding on to for, it seems like over a year, at least. Yeah. It's like two years, two years. So So, what did you do that morning? You know, you feel (laughs) reborn. I mean, can you remember? I don't know. Like, but can you remember? What did you do? I ran into my kids' rooms. I turned on my favorite song and we just had a dance party. We just danced. Oh, that is so sweet. (laughs) I mean, I love my children. I love my life. I love being a mom. And all of a sudden I felt like I was free and able to be a better mom to them because now I didn't have this dysfunctional like teenager that I was trying to take care of. Right. Right. But I mean, I was so concerned about what, how it was going to come across and what others were going to think of him, uh, which would affect us instead of just worrying about how it was affecting me and my kids. Right. So, I mean, I didn't think about that till right the second. I only thought about how it affected him. Like I was right every single time I was right. My body, I was asleep the night that I found him in his like sex den. I was asleep and my body woke up and I sat directly out of bed and I was like, I know exactly where he is. I have to go there now. And then the times that I found the crack pipes, 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 plural, different times, it would be my body would lead me to this, this, this jacket or this spot that I would never go to. There's no reason for me to go there. And I would put my hand in and I was like, crack pipe. There's no, there's no reason for it. It was like your higher power or your like angel or everybody has a saying was like guiding you to this place where you could not deny it anymore. It was like the mirror was right in front of you and you couldn't go around or over it. You had to keep seeing it until you made that choice. Cause I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't trusting my instincts before. And now finally to give in and to like, my body was just, it just took over. And I definitely feel like this was my, I was given an out. I would just save myself. So holding this secret, who do you think, you know, it harmed or it benefited? Definitely harmed me. Um, people tell me now that they're like, they said I looked like a shell of a person and they don't, they don't like recognize me anymore. Everybody's like, wow, you look amazing. Or, oh my gosh, you look so happy. And I'm like, like, this is who I was before. (laughs) I just, you haven't seen her for a while. And I definitely think it hard my children because I mean, I let him be around them 
while he was, you know, even though he told me, no, I knew better. And that's my fault. And that's messed. That's just, that's messed up that I let him be around my children, even though he told me no, but I knew he was still using that. It's interesting when you're talking and I I love the things you, you know, we do harm ourselves the most, but it's almost like when you were talking, you were so trying to fix him and not enabling, but a part of you was trying to fix him and save him. And that was almost your addiction. Like his addiction was the porn and, and the crack pipe and yours was like fixing him. And you finally just surrendered. Right. You can't fix people. You can't help them. Yeah. I, it's, it's freeing to, to talk about it more. And now, I mean, I still not very open about all the details, but it does feel good to not feel bad about it. Yeah. Cause it, cause I get guilted for it all the time. His family told me I was enabling him, which in looking back, you know, they might be right. So. I mean, sometimes the people we love, we try, like I said, like to, to keep like helping them. And sometimes that hurts them in the long run. So that I love like that they said you enabled them. So how do you move forward in the future? Uh, me or him? <laughs> you. I'm talking about you. <laughs> um, I, I have to trust myself and I have to, you know, I have to listen to myself and not put up with it. I'm just, I'm such a people pleaser myself. And I think that has a lot to do with why he's able to get away with what he got away with because I was so just trying to keep the status quo and, and be the good wife and look good on paper. And instead of like causing a ruckus and, and having a voice and speaking up. So I think in the future, I just have to, I have to trust myself and, 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 you know, and if someone tells me something, I don't believe them, then I just have to say, fuck you and leave. And And so I think the main thing, which I love, and you've said it a million times already, but we have to trust our intuition. And that's the point blank period. Moving forward, I will trust my intuition. You will do it. And hopefully anybody listening. And ask for help. I think that's really important too. I didn't reach out. And a lot of my friends at the end were like, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? And it's because I was so embarrassed and so prideful like you said, the seven deadly sins. So, I mean, I think that, I think the more we talk about it, like you said, it's not such a stigma. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to have these crazy flaws and have people around you and just have these things that make you seem so fucked up. But in the scheme of things, we all are, and we can help Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. It's to get rid of the shame because once it's not a secret anymore, there's no shame. Yeah. 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 It's definitely shameful. So of him, like him doing it, but like I, you know, I'm, he was my other half. So, so crazy. It's so crazy to think about it now. (laughs) Well, I am so grateful. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story and getting to the other side of it, you know, and entrusting your instincts. Now that is the key. (laughs) It is so key. Listen to yourself and, and be, be bold. And ask for help. Like you said. Ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. If you have a past secret that you've gone through that you're on the other side and you want to share it or a present one that's still buried deep inside of you, please reach out to me. Message me below or email me at secretlifepodcast 
at iCloud.com. Until next time, bye. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you'd like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon. 